What's up, y'all? This is Justin, and I'm here with Denisha, and you are listening to the Focus on Me podcast, season three, episode number two. <laughs> number two, that's right. I promise we have to, for season four, start to videotape while Why we, would you um, want to do that? While we record, because the people need to see <laughs> you and all of your goofiness and what you look like while we're having these conversations. I don't know why you want to do that, subject these people to that. Because, well, maybe if you're be- recording or being video recorded, it might change your presentation. Because I don't know about that. You are hilarious. Tragic mm. at the same time. And tragic. Uh, <laughs> and tragic. It's the power of and. Two things can be true at the same so time. So can three. But. Yes, you're hilarious and tragic all at the same time. So um, in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the battle of the sexes. Right? Stereotypes, gender roles, how they show up in our relationships, but also from the angle of... Um, the intersection with those in our spirituality. So, um, I hear a lot of times, um, especially in counseling and just conversations with folks that are based in relationship, I think where I hear these conversations, they tend to have roots in what I would call like stereotypical roles or expectations or beliefs that one person has that the other person doesn't agree with or, you know, maybe their family thinks or expects this of their spouse and mate, but it's not what they want to do or signed up for. So I, I think we should crack open this conversation for our listeners and just, you know, to talk it through ourselves. Um, I think, okay, let's back up and start here. A lot of times feminism... I said it right, yeah, feminism. Yeah. You did? I was, I was. It, it exists because there's been this like marginalization of women or pushed out, this othering. So someone said, like, no, we got to create a space. We got to have a voice. We have to find our way back in. Um, I think that feminism and these belief sets can impact positively and negatively a relationship when two people have not agreed on or value each other maybe in an equitable way. What do you think about that? That's an interesting way to put it. Um, I was thinking, you said, when I think of equity, you know, equity and value, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of it starts off with morals. Okay. So how, and some of it, I think a lot of it will have to do with some of the things that you were shown. Mm-hmm. So, so those examples that were before you, Usually, in most cases, they end up being the, uh, I want to make sure I say this right, the prerequisite mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. how things will be in your own relationships and the, right, and the things that you seek in your own relationships. Uh, so I think those are the first, kind of like the first fruits, for lack of a better term. The foundation. That, yeah, that foundation. That, that's like the beginning of where those ideas form. Mm-hmm. Now beautiful thing about life is that going through life you can kind of reconstruct and deconstruct those things sometimes mm-hmm. and kind of you know make them up as you go and you know learn what you you know learn some things that that will make your relationships better mm-hmm. but ultimately I think it's that beginning 
that beginning what you've already seen before you. I think that's really important, right? Because if we think about our lives and other people, maybe mm-hmm. people a little older than us, 40 years ago, what was happening is not happening. Is dra- right, it's oh, drastically gosh. different from what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And what our parents saw is drastically different. And and just not even in stereotypes or gender roles. Let's just talk about the world, technology. You know, mm-hmm. 40 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. Right. 60 years ago, you know, we didn't have some of the amenities that we have. 70 years ago, people yeah. were the types of jobs people were working, the types of, you know, weren't even available. Right. Yeah. So if I think about it like this, if we were born in the 30s, 40s and 50s, oh man. I was going to be in the house with the kids. I was like saying, yeah, I'm yeah. not I don't even like taking the garbage out in 2021. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like well, garbage is still labor. probably been, garbage is still probably been. No, I'm just me. saying, like manual <laughs> labor, and that whole idea of going out with the animals and farming, and like I'm not doing that. Like so, to me, like oh yeah, that is a man's work. Like you know, <laughs> farm hands and just different things that men did that women didn't do, and some women did. I yeah, mean, you know, did. some women enjoy that. You know that. So when you think about what is it like to do something 100 years ago, 70 years ago, so that our grandparents, our great-grandparents, like, that was a whole different kind of existence. Mm-hmm. Now, like, what I saw my parents do, what you saw your parents do, in the start of the technology era and all that kind yeah. of stuff is different. Now, obviously, in 2021, it's just drastically different yes. to where I'm like, yeah, I don't mind working. I don't mind having mm-hmm. these different... opportunities and options different than probably what was available for right right you know when even if you think about like stay-at-home dads and Mm stay-at-home moms right in the 60s or in the 30s 40s 50s the stay-at-home dads like if a mother is breastfeeding you know i don't know when they invented breast pumps but i'm sure that changed the game of Mm -hmm. who could stay home and take care of the kids Right? Like, so I think that there are a lot of different things that the world we live in, a lot of those stereotypes and belief systems are outdated because they don't fit the world we live in. I think that's true. And I also want to add to that. Some people may not agree, but I believe our age group, Uh and I I, so technically I would kind of be like 80s babies. Uh I think our age group, and even like the the late, I'll even put the, the, the mid-70s, late-70s babies. I think we probably have had the best of both worlds. Uh-huh. In that we got, we were, pro- we were kind of on the cusps of the end of one and the beginning of another type of system. Uh-huh. And now we are living through it, more, or I should say another system that is coming out. What I, what I mean by that is this. For like, for me, so like with my parents, I think about my parents. What I watched was both of my parents work. Uh-huh. So it was after that whole, oh, oh, the woman needs to stay home. It was now they can work together. Uh-huh. And now going forward to now even more of an independence of where a lot of women are are working already. They're like, they, they were working before. It wasn't like, oh, I'm working now because I'm married. But now they, they were working beforehand. So I think we got, I think... 
we probably in some ways received the best of both worlds in the thing I mean obviously depending on your parents you know but I think in the um, in what we were able to receive you know I think um, and even in anybody's upbringing you take the good from it that or, or the things that you that you know that you could apply to your relationships and you put them with that to help enhance you know your marriages and stuff like that right um so expectations and stereotypes and some people still have them based on what they saw their parents right. doing and hopefully if we are um flexible and adaptable we're adapting to changing times i do wonder if there are spaces and places that those adaptations have not fully taken place and there's two places that come to mind right away um one is still in the workforce in the workplace where women are there's still a pay gap there's a pay disparity there's a wage earning disparity um for women and this idea that women don't always like I forget the exact number but I know there was a lot of conversation last year around if you look at all the CEOs how many of them are black how many of them are women mm-hmm. you know it's still a very much good old boys type of environment and we've all seen it we even saw it with you know Kamala Harris and her run for president right, along right. with some of the others and then even her appointment and and um successful candidacy as vice president you know her being the first vice president that's a female is still such an achievement and milestone and she still keep getting hate because Mm -hmm. she's a woman and so you know i think that it still shows us that everybody is not accepting of the equality that we have as a as a gender, we have as you know racial, yeah, the culture differences. It. It's the evolution of equality. And I and I think coming back to you know from a spiritual base, God the Creator made all of the differing groups and the divinity that lives in all of us. Like the Scripture says, there's no Jew nor Gentile, there's no male nor female in the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. But in a human, in the human experience, we still keep othering people. And so here it is, even if you watch the, the debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, it was no two ways about it that this woman is smarter and more <laughs> equipped and, you know, right. whether because she's a woman, whether because she's black, people still wanted to just act as if she was not as good. And that fly even came down and landed on Mike Pence's head <laughs> to tell y'all he he was not better than her. But because she's a woman, she right. couldn't possibly be better. Right. And I think that comes in the church too. Right? We're still in some spaces having this argument about can women be preaching? Can women be active? And what happens when the stronger grace, the stronger anointing, the stronger gift is on the woman. What happens in those spaces? I know my experience has not been favorable, not personally, but just watching that happen. Right, right. Where it's not been favorable, watching how women have to shrink themselves down and make themselves smaller to fit in the space 
that others are comfortable with them being in because of their stereotypical beliefs about this. See, so I, I one thing I can honestly say is I've, I've always thought that idea was always so silly. Like, why is there, why are we fussing and fighting over, you know, uh, you know, a woman being able to do this, or be, you know, especially in the church, being able, being able to why why they should not be preaching, why they should be preaching. What and personally, and this is and this is something I, I've I've learned through other people is that to showcase, for lack of a better term, the uh, the skill and ability of someone else, uh-huh. no matter no matter what the gender. In whatever area it is, let, we're, talk, we're talking about preaching. Let's say, well, let's use preaching as the example. If I know that you are capable of doing these things, it makes me look better mm-hmm. to let you do it, mm-hmm. and to not even to let you do it. Well, yeah, because sometimes the people, because I know sometimes when you say the word "let," mm-hmm. it's like, oh, so you you go, oh, you oh, you, you got authority. You just gonna let somebody. But I think to, or even if you say aloud, there's almost no, there's almost not a word you can use. To yeah, not cause yeah. a, not cause a controversy, but but just as just saying to have how about that to have you do those things to me shows more strength as a man or shows more strength you know to the opposite sex in that you're secure enough that you know hey I do this and she can do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. Kind of like you always talk about those two things can be the same. There's nothing wrong with that because to me, it shows more strength, more strength, more confidence. And it really shows the ability um, of how much trust that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, so, so, so for me, for instance, like, like, for, like, I know, um, I've traveled with you different places where you've had to go to different speaking engagements and stuff. And I count it an honor to be able to go with you and be and be, you know, your your roadie or, you know, slash bodyguard, slash adjutant. I counted I, I think that's awesome. I feel great to be able to do that. Because I'm like, this is my wife and this is what she does. Mm-hmm. Like, so it makes me feel awesome. It is to me, it takes nothing from me at all. And so I can, my brain, it hurts when I, when I listen to people or when you would hear the argument over, over that, over, you know, why, why a woman shouldn't do, why a woman shouldn't preach and why a woman shouldn't be speaking and how the man is always, I'm like, y'all, y'all sound retarded. Y'all really sound stupid. And y'all don't realize how much you're setting people back and you're not be, because you're not creating the space for, for lack of a better term, inclusion. Mm-hmm. And cultivation, you're doing more segregation than anything else. And what you're doing is you're you're pushing us further and further and further back into that quote unquote enslavement. So I have a question because um, I'm glad you you already answered one of the things I was going to ask. But the question I want to ask now is why do you think men have a problem with women having more? And by more, it could be whatever, more anointing, more money, more education, more skill set, more whatever than they do. Maybe even more athletic ability. Like what? Why do you think men have a problem with that? I think it's I think it's something that has been taught. Okay. And I think to uh, 
how do you say, I guess you want to say unpackage, unpack what you know, package it back up, and return the sender. Uh-huh. Order a new, order something new, uh-huh. and let it come to you and open it up and learn something new. So I say that to say this: when you, if you, if, if it has been learned that this is what it takes to be a man. This is what you need to do in order to be a man. This is what a man does. When that's been something not not only necessarily by parents, mm-hmm. but because sometimes parents don't do that. A lot of times it's media and everything else. And I might even say social media because before there was social media, there was always media. Mm-hmm. And there were also always church. Mm-hmm. So when church and media come together and collide and they're both saying the same thing, which necessary wasn't which isn't always necessarily the right thing, just because it came from church and just because it came from media, and just because they actually the two agree on it doesn't make it doesn't mean it's right. Mm-hmm. So when those two combine, it almost gives you like an assurance. It'll give a man assurance like, oh, well maybe it is right since 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 both of them are saying this. So I think I think it comes to what has been taught, what has been kind of drilled and pressed into a brain of a male uh-huh. to make them think that this is what it takes to be a man. You're always you're always supposed to be the stronger. You're always supposed to be you're always supposed to be the one up instead of realizing what to in, in my mind what makes you stronger is knowing your weakness and being able to pull on your in this particular space, space your spouse to pull on your spouse for what you don't, for where you can't, or where your, you know, where your shortcomings are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you said something that kind of connected to another question I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those spaces and times where we've been places, um, and there's more honor or deference given to me. Why do you? What do you think? I think I want to phrase the question. Like for, like one of the things I'm always aware about that. You know, I don't know if I say that to you or not, but I'm always aware when people are doing that because I don't ever want you, and you've never acted that way, but I never want you to feel challenged in that space mm-hmm. because I've also seen what happens when people feel like whatever because whoever they're with is getting more shine than them mm-hmm. including to why which I thought was cute too but one of the last times we were out I made a t-shirt that said Justin's wife <laughs> yeah right because I knew maybe in it by just whatever that and it happened that there was way more you know deference shown and I'm like no we are doing this we are together mm-hmm. but people are like oh Denisha Denisha I'm like we are but it's so I know you said you feel fine, like it makes you happy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, or what would you say to a man who is struggling with that? Like where their spouse, because I think that's one of the things that opens the door for infidelity mm-hmm. because they start looking for that affirmation and validation in other spaces that are often unhealthy and wrong. But what would you say to a man who is struggling with like maybe his wife getting more shine in him. So the first thing I had, I'd have to root back up a little bit before I get there. Okay. So remind me about that in just a second. My question? Yes. Okay. 
what I have to back up to is you have to make sure that in that com- the compounds of that relationship mm-hmm. that between the two there's already affirmation between the two. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Because if there's not affirmation between the two already, mm-hmm. that will can if even if um there is not a whole lot of extra shine that she's getting, mm-hmm. but that little shine that she's getting, that will that little shine can be detrimental. Mm-hmm. If there's not already a strong structure of affirmation between mm-hmm. the two prior. So I think that is the thing that it's almost like the glue. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that, that keeps them bound together, that that prior, that pre-affirmation, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. in the relationship, which is also that it's kind of like that sticking ground. Mm-hmm. And that's like the stability of the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's the strength of the relationship. That's, that's where we rest. So when if that's already established, then when we get to the point where she is getting that recognition, it's just a reflection of me now. Mm-hmm. It's no longer it it will not feel like, oh, it's just her. They're just honoring her Mm-mm, because we're one. Mm-hmm. So when I'm honored, she's honored. When she's honored, I'm honored. Mm-hmm. So what I would tell to the man that has that had the struggle with it, I would say first. Check out what's going on in your relationship first. Mm-hmm. And if the affirmation is not and that that portion of the relationship is not there to begin with, mm-hmm. work on that first. Because if you work on that portion, mm-hmm. it will diminish that feeling mm-hmm. can later I, on. Can I ask a question sure. here or put out a, a thought? Because mm-hmm. one of the things I'm curious about and hear what you're saying, which I think is accurate, is... Is that even still the first step? Because I wonder if maybe the step before the one you're talking about is self-validation and affirmation, right? Because if you weren't secure in who you are, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to be secure in who we are. Right. And And regardless of how much I'm trying to pour into you, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a belief or if you don't have a thought, so validation... External validation can really only... No. Secondly, external validation can only be built upon your internal validation. I got a flip. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. But I think because... Who, knowing who you are mm-hmm. individually, then knowing who we are together, even when only one of us is being highlighted, right? then it, it doesn't make a difference. And I think that there are a lot of times where I've seen one person trying to big the other person up mm-hmm. and they just still aren't going to believe it regardless right. of what is being said. Right, right, right. Right? But even then, now when the spotlight is on the other person, there's a lot more of insecurity and a lot more self-doubt that now becomes an us problem. Right, when it really when was it, a you problem. Exactly. So I do. I one hundred percent agree with you that your your first, the first step needs to be security in yourself. Mm-hmm. Secondly, because that security in yourself will actually help you be able to affirm the other person. So, for instance, so if, if I'll use me for example, the security in myself can help me to affirm you to me, how much you are to me, how much you mean to me, how much you are 
to, you know, just in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then as long as you are secure, then you can still reciprocate that. So when they're both, we're, 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 it's almost like um, a snowball fight. If we're both throwing them at each other, mm-hmm. we're both landing them, and it's fine because guess what? We're, we both got them. We both have access. We both have an arm. We, you know, we're both able to do that. So that way, neither one of us is ever lacking in that department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to, especially spiritual spaces, mm-hmm. well, let's go back to Kamala and her husband. We have never heard it said, first gentleman, such and such. So it's first lady Obama, first Mm -hmm. lady Clinton, first lady Nixon, first lady, you know, it's never been a first gentleman, Mm -hmm. whatever, right? But just like in church, I remember one of the first times I went to a church where the female was the pastor and they said, and first man, such and such. That was like the biggest joke. It was the biggest cackle. It was the biggest running thing. Mm -hmm. And while it was like funny, like the first kind of moments of hearing it and hearing people make the jokes, it kind of sat down. I'm like, why are we so surprised and outraged? Mm -hmm. Now, in that particular case, he hadn't been walking with the Lord till like later on in his life. And I think they, you know, kind of hinted around that that's why he wasn't in the church but but regardless of whether or not that's true I just think it is such an interesting dynamic no one bats an eye or blinks when someone says pastor and first lady such and such Mm -hmm. but say pastor and first man such and such everybody acts like what? like that is Mm -hmm. so unheard of just like it's so unheard of to say vice president Kamala and first man Doug Emhoff or first Mm -hmm. gentleman like, and I think it was never God's idea for us to set up this hierarchy and structure and patriarch because it said he created them. Right. Right. And it's the entrance of sin and fallen humanity that got all of these things twisted up. Because mm-hmm. I think I shared this before. I don't know if I shared it here on this platform, but God spoke to me one day and said, feminism was my idea first. Mm-hmm. You know, in the 1900s, we, we created this idea of feminism about women having an equal place. Right. And guys, y'all find about something that I always mm-hmm. had in structure. It was always my idea right. for them to have dominion. Mm-hmm. Right? Not... Because he said, let us make man in our image. The us was all the attributes and manifestations, also known as the Trinity, of God. And there is no fight within the Trinity. Right. There is, we do that. Oh, Jesus submitted to God. Like, (laughs) if we make that up, the Holy Spirit submits to Jesus. Like, there's nowhere in the scripture they're not fighting <laughs> that outlines that that's that hierarchy. Right. We make it because in our quest for power, in our quest for one upness on each other, mm-hmm. we do that. And relationships that have that in it, a lot of times I won't say always, but a lot of times have other problems too. Mm-hmm. When there is not an equality and when there's not equity, and by equity I don't in equality I don't mean. Like, you are clearly stronger than me, right? You know, you are clearly able to do things that I'm not. And I am clearly able to do things that you're not. So I'm not talking about those differences, but coming into it like I am subservient to you or you are subservient to me. 
relationships that have that kind of uh, perspective on it, they have a lot of other different challenges mm-hmm. too. Even if it's quiet resentment. Right. Right. right? Quiet resentment. Like, um, we don't talk about this. It's not a conversation. And I hate this about our relationship. Right. right. But this is the life we have. This is the, what we do. And this mm-hmm. is what it is. And then there's those relationships where that resentment is not that quiet. Right. Right. You know, it's loud. Right. It's noticeable. <laughs> it's seen. And sometimes what that looks like is they sleep in separate bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Or what that looks like is he got two or three on the side. She, you know, and in the church, what that looks like is I got spiritual daughters and spiritual right. sons. Right. It's not. Or even or even, even God daughters and stuff like that. I right. Got, I God daughters and God, God brothers and yeah, all that. Where that we're right. getting those needs met in other spaces mm-hmm. because we don't have validation and recognition inside our relationship. So, you know, I think it's really an interesting thing. Um, I am aware of my personal power. I was saying that, you know, a couple weeks ago in another conversation where even when I told you before, like, I'm watching people watch me. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been me long enough to know how people respond to me. But also paying attention to how you feel or fit into those spaces. Mm -hmm. Because I know that that has been something that historically, especially in church spaces, that have gotten us, like, that has just really caused a lot of havoc in people's lives. Right. Um, one of the last things I'll say is I remember, you know, growing up, T.D. Jakes, for example, one of the big role models, right? And we had all these program, you know, programs for young girls and women, and it was like how to become a virtuous woman. and. You know, what if God is preparing you to be the next Sarita Jakes and, you know, stand by your man in ministry and all that kind of stuff. And I remember sitting back thinking, where are the spaces for men to be groomed into being good husbands? Mm -hmm. You know, Joyce Meyer is another strong uh, pillar in the Christian teaching space. And I'd always say, who's raising up? the Dave Myers and Mm -hmm. most people don't even know who Joyce Myers husband is but I remember thinking that years ago 20 some years ago like why are we being taught how to be Sarita Jakes are they teaching men anywhere to be Dave Myers or are those spaces to be the next TD Jakes like where is that space where is that happening and so I think that that just speaks to again our lack of understanding or even paying attention to the challenges of or with the expectation that women are supposed to have particularly in workplaces and 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 also in spiritual spaces that you know it's it's going to be the guy versus when it's the actual when it's actually the woman who mm-hmm. does it and then how do we raise our children right. right it's a whole bunch of conversation and education around Girls in the STEM projects and programs. Mm-hmm. Like, that shouldn't even be a thing. Right. STEM should be a curriculum for anybody who wants to take <laughs> it. But if you think, you know, I remember taking home economics. Yeah. I remember that. I don't remember anybody. I hated industrial arts. I never enjoyed that part. One, because mm-hmm. it smelled really bad. <laughs> but, like, you know, if I wanted to learn computer aided drafting, why wasn't that just a part yeah. of the just thing? The curriculum, yeah. So I think, you know, as people have these, you know, if we're going to be in 2021 and we're really thinking about 
our relationships, but also how we raise our children. I think it's important for us to actually have this conversation about the battle of the sexes and where the battle needs laid to rest. And when you and can't lay the battle to rest, why not? Right. And why is why why is there still a battle? Yep. Instead of recognizing that we're on the same team, because as right. we talked about in our other episode, two are better than one. That's right. Because he said, remember, if one gets attacked. The other one can help you fight it. Mm -hmm. So the battle of the sexes should not be between the sexes. The battle of the sexes or the battle should be me and you against them. them. Right, right. And them being whoever's coming against our destiny, our purpose. Mm -hmm. So if we're still fighting ourselves and trying to fight for a place, then we're fighting the wrong battle. And we can't lift each other if we're fighting. Yep. If we're fighting each other. <laughs> if we, we fight yeah. each other, we can't lift. We can't. Nope. Because it's like, well, you fell down good. Right. Because at least now I'm... A, and I've seen... Rela- and I know mm-hmm. you have too. Yeah. Seen relationships where it's like... See? Oh, she got <laughs> fired. Now she gonna have to be dependent on me. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, he lost his job. Now... And you mm-hmm. celebrate in that. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, yep. love does not rejoice over evil and wrongs. Right. But what it does is actually rejoice when we win, when there's truth, when there are things that prevail. So that battle of the sexes actually has to stop so we can actually fight together. Yep. Not fight against. Mm -hmm. Because when you win, I win. Right. And when I win, we win. Either way, as long as... Did I say that right? You did, but you didn't. Say it right. right. Say it for the people. (laughs) Like, when you win, right. I win. When I win, you win. But we always win together. When either one of us are winning. Correct. Boom. Well, thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our uh, rambling and rants about uh, <laughs> equality in a relationship. And we'll see y'all the next episode.